0: of the podcast. I love to do these where I just kind of give you guys a topic um, on my Instagram and just allow you guys to put in some questions, just direct questions. The most recent grab bag I did was topical therapy for canine atopic dermatitis. Topical therapy, probably we use a lot in general, but canine atopic dermatitis is going to be probably the most common disease that we see, first of all, but also that we use topical therapy with. Um, So I specifically just kind of said, hit me with your questions and let's kind of see what you guys came up with. So first question, if you are using symptomatic therapy like Cytopoint and Apicol together, parentheses, do you do that? How do you implement topical therapy and how is it still effective and helpful? So I do use Apical and Cytopoint together in some cases. Um, You know, of course, you want to make sure you're looking for things like infection because we do see a significant amount of cases respond to one as a sole therapy, whether they do better on Apoquil, better on Cytopoint, some do fine on both. Sometimes we do have those difficult cases, though, that really do need both, and especially the ones that end up being referred to us. So yes, I do use them together in some difficult cases. How do I find topical therapy still helpful in those cases? So ultimately, topical therapy, I think we f- kind of forget about its use because we figure, well, if they're doing fine in symptomatic therapy, whether it's apical cytopoint cyclosporin, or steroids, what's the point of doing topical therapy? And there's lots of benefic- benefits to it. First of all, not all the dogs that we are using topical therapy with, and let's just take bathing because it's probably most dermatologists' favorite mode of topical therapy. Most of the dogs that we bathe are still on other symptomatic treatments. But the benefits are we're helping to remove pollens from the skin or danders or molds, whatever they're allergic to, so they don't absorb it as readily. And why that's helpful is even if we still need symptomatic therapy, it can either help us reduce things like frequency or severity of infections. It can also sometimes allow us to use less medication. So let's take that dog that's on Cytopoint and Apoquil. Well, if we bathe them with something that helps restore the skin barrier plus removes pollens from their skin, let's take like a dukesos 3 Calm or Dermasem shampoo, something that's focused on repairing that skin barrier, maybe you can get rid of one of them. Maybe you can just manage them on only Apoquil or only Cytopoint rather than both. I've had cases where by implementing topical therapy like weekly bathing with those skin barrier shampoos that we are able to miss some doses of medication like Apoquil or there are certain seasons that we don't necessarily have to bathe them as frequently in because or sorry that we don't have to use the symptomatic therapy because they're not as bad in those seasons. We can get away with just topical therapy. So that's why it can still be beneficial, even if you do still have to use actual symptomatic treatment systemically. Question number two. How do you decide which shampoo to use for a chronic allergic dog? So for me, there's lots of really good veterinary shampoos out there. You know, I definitely like the Dukso S3 with the ophitrium. Um, they have different formulations of it. I would say the most common one I use, common ones I use are either their DuxOS-3-Pio, which is a 3% chlorhexidine. It still has the ophetrium in it. But if I have cases that are actively infected with a pyoderma, then I like the idea of utilizing that chlorhexidine, but also having the benefit of the skin barrier restorant in it. Um, But if I have cases that they're not necessarily infected, then I won't use something that has chlorhexidine in it. So for example, I would use the Calm in those situations, which has the highest level of vitrium. And in those cases where we're either in between infections or we're just kind of itchy, we just want to use something quality to bathe the pet in that's going to help the skin barrier, but they're managed, you know, okay, otherwise, then that's where I would utilize something like a Calm. The Dermascent products are very you know, helpful too. They have Essential 6 shampoo and different formulations of shampoos as well, which again help to restore that skin barrier. And if they're actively infected, say we have a predominant yeast infection or I feel like they're not responding to a 3% chlorhexidine, then I'll use some of the products that Decra has like Triz 4, um, utilizing things that have Myconahex or Myconazole in it like Myconahex Triz. So there are still other formulations, especially if they're infected, But we just want to look at that pet and say you know what's the topical we really need now not all of them need chlorhexidine all the time and i actually try to switch them away from that if they're not actively infected however i do have a lot of atopic cases that really struggle with chronic infection so then we might use it more frequently question number three what is your thoughts on dermacent essential six spot-ons for flare or maintenance yeah, I love the spot-ons. Um, I use a lot of Dermacent. I think it can be really, really beneficial. They have the spot-ons, the mousses, shampoos. The spot-ons are really nice. You can use them, you know, weekly. Occasionally, you've used them twice weekly, and I will use them in other diseases, too, like, you know, ichthyosis, keratinization defects, sebaceous adenitis, and it's just a really nice way to help restore the skin. They don't necessarily have to do it as frequently as, say, a mousse, which may be applied daily to every other day. And it can be a really nice application to restore the skin. So they've come out with lots of different lines and benefits, um, kind of depending if you need the, you know, the Pio version, the Essential 6 versions, there's an atopic version. So lots of different benefits to those spot-ons. And most of my owners really like them just because they're natural and they help to restore the skin. Next question. Do you ever use topical therapy alone in cases that flare with pyoderma? Oh, definitely. I think that using topical therapy and some of these superficial pyodermas as sole therapy is overlooked and not thought about. And it's because it's difficult for clients, right? I mean, it's easier to give a pill for most pets, not all. But it can be really hard. And I say this as an owner of an atopic pet. I bathe my dog once or twice a week and it can be a pain. But utilizing things like bathing can be really beneficial, especially with those pyodermas. And we can treat a lot of them that are superficial, topical alone. You know, there's been a protocol that's even been established by SEVA. We were part of the studies where you can bathe them with something like a Pio shampoo, Um, in the very beginning stage of a three-week cycle and then just do mousse every, basically every other day, two to three times a week that first week because you shampoo that first day. You'll do it two times that week and then three times the following week and three times the following week. And they have actually studies showing that it can be as effective to treat things like pyoderma and even malassezia uh, in cases versus bathing as frequently. As so dermatologists, I love bathing. Like I mentioned, it's one of our favorite things to do because you remove the debris, the dander, and those pollens from the skin. But I do like having a study that showed that there can be alternatives um, for us to utilize mo- things like moose that maybe an owner can bathe all the time. So with these superficial pyodermas that we know a lot of these atopic dogs are getting, Definitely managing them with topical therapy should be one of our first line therapies. You know, and I get it. I, we still have to use a lot of antibiotics in our field, in my clinic, just because of the severity we get or the owners that cannot comply to it. But I love to manage things topically when I can. And just ask the owner what is realistic for them. Is it, are they able to bathe more often? Is it something that they could um, use the protocol where they bathe that first day, but then use the mousse more frequently, depending on how diffuse the lesions are? Next question. How often do you recommend owners use so I guess we're on a so kick. Duxo S3 Pio mousse. Do you recommend use daily? Well, this is a nice follow-up to the question we just had. Um, I, in general, I tend to use it probably every one to two days, depending on the severity of the lesion. But as I mentioned that protocol, um, they do have a study showing that if you bathe that first day and then do uh, the mousse two times that first week and three times per week, the subsequent two weeks, that you can get some pretty nice results with it. So I like the idea of restoring that skin barrier, but then also having that chlorhexidine that can be helpful. How often, this is the next question, how often do you recommend bathing in atopic patients as maintenance? the age-old kind of answer in dermatology, it depends. I would say on average, I love the idea of bathing a typical allergic dog once a week, especially in the season that they tend to have issues with. You know, we want to be able to fluctuate things for our clients. If they don't tend to have issues in the winter, we could probably pull back the frequency of bathing in the winter to make it something that's more sustainable for them long-term. But in general, I love weekly bathing. That's what I do my own allergic dog. I've had some owners who can do it twice a week. Um, you know, it really depends on the threshold of that owner. You can't really overbathe an allergic dog if you're using quality products, but you can always kind of see how they're doing. Also, just educating owners. So if you have a pet that's you know, doing okay with weekly bathing and all of a sudden they're starting to get a bit itchier, Ask the owner, like, could you bathe more often? Could we try that for a week, maybe every other day, just to see if it calms things down? You want to be able to give owners tools in their tool belt to be able to manage through some of these flares of itch. You know, if there's a little crust, could they have something like a chlorhexidine mousse or chlorhexidine shampoo at home so they can utilize that right when that lesion starts instead of letting it become more widespread and then need something like an oral antibiotic. So I really like to educate owners, you know, why is our topicals important? What is the purpose of them? Why do we use certain products in certain situations? And, you know, we are very busy in our clinic, just like I know all of you are busy in your clinic. So when owner calls and, you know, they're starting to have issues, they're starting to flare, I will ask, well, what topical therapies do you have at home? You know, if it's going to take a couple weeks to get you in the clinic, like, can we implement something like bathing? Can you come pick up a moose? Um, So that we can try to get ahead of this before it becomes an issue. Even when I was doing more telemedicine, especially towards the beginning of the, you know, when the pandemic was really starting of course, I'm not just going to want to throw antibiotics at a case just you know, while we're on a video chat looking at the pet, but I would be able to talk about topical therapy, You know the safety of that in the situations that we can utilize it in when we don't exactly know what the infection is because we couldn't look under the microscope. If they wouldn't respond to that, then I would usually have them come in for that cytology um, with, you know, not repeating the exam fee because it's something they'd just be coming in, kind of the plan in place. And because I could really look at the owner and explain to them why would we need to do that, why it's important to do that test if we're not responding to topical therapy, I didn't really get a lot of hesitation, um, which was really, really nice because I was taking the time to still try to work with them. But topical therapy can be really amazing in the situations to prevent the flares from worsening, to be able to give your owner something to do. But I also like the proactiveness of educating them even when the dog is in my clinic. They're doing great. We're about to spread out rechecks. I will say if you start to notice a lesion, you know, here's the topicals I want you to use in that situation, bathe more often, get a hold of me before it progresses and becomes a really big issue. That can be really important. Last question is, how do you really educate owners on the use of veterinary products versus over-the-counter products? You know, I just talked to them about, here's what the research shows, here is why I'd recommend that shampoo. I'm not just saying, hey, take this, you know, chlorhexidine shampoo, this 3 to 4% chlorhexidine shampoo just because I want your money. I explain over the counter the percentages of chlorhexidine we see there. That we do see more success in the literature with these chlorhexidine products that are 3 to 4%, or why things like the topical repairs that are in products such as Dermascent, uh or the Duke's OS3 line why that's beneficial to utilize something that have ingredients to help to restore the skin barrier. You know, I've had owners that won't get anything from us and, you know, maybe we'll try something like an over-the-counter oatmeal shampoo. You know, oatmeal can be somewhat soothing, but if you take the time to really explain to them, you know, why the products we are using are their recommendations, I do find that most owners are pretty open to it and understanding why it is really important that we use quality products that have research behind them because we are dealing with a chronic disease process so we really want to stack the odds in our favor that we're going to get a successful result if they are taking the time and effort to bathe their pet we want to know that we are maximizing the chance that we're going to get all the benefit we can from that. So I really love these questions. They were the ones I felt like were representative of the submissions that you guys had. I hope you guys like these Grab Back episodes. I just think that they're really nice and helpful to kind of give free range um, in the things that we discuss on the podcast. If you have any other topic ideas that you like or any other questions about topical therapy that you wish I would have covered, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram at the dermbut.